Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah State. It is a bit awkward when you have two of these games that are non-league in the, in the middle of the season. Obviously, one of those is BYU, and that's kind of the normal situation. And that game, as we all know, is different. It's a rivalry game, but to sit here and have the non-conference foe in this spot, I've never done it. I've never, that I remember, maybe there's been that spot before, but it is where it is. And our, we will play everybody that is prepared to play and is healthy to play, and every one of our kids that is prepared to play and healthy to play will want to play. So that's how we're approaching it. That's Gary Anderson, and I do believe he told me large portions of the truth in that answer. I think if you were able to get people around Utah State football staff and administrators and all together, they would say this non-conference schedule is less than ideal. And I don't believe they'd say less than ideal. Come up with a word or words or phrases that kind of meant that. LSU looks really, really good. And traveling halfway across the country, after you've already traveled all the way across the country, and now doing it in the middle of the conference schedule, yeah, I think Gary throws up in his mouth at the thought of doing that. But he can't come on the air and say that. He's not going to try and blurt that into a microphone. they got to play LSU, who's ranked fifth in the country, who is undefeated, who has decided after years of playing great defense and being a very good team, but usually coming up short. They have decided they are going to throw that thing around. There's two teams in the country right now that average 400 yards passing per game or more. And those two teams that are over 400 yards passing, if you can't guess them, you're not really paying attention right now. One of them was here last week, Washington State. They lead the country 450 yards per game, and LSU is at 430. And then you got the teams with the Heisman Trophy candidates, Alabama and Oklahoma. With Tua and with Jalen Hurts, yeah, they're at 380 and 375. So, yeah, LSU's been flinging the ball around the field. Now, the schedule hasn't been the toughest. Two scheduled wins, a bottom dweller in their conference, and then their big game with, ninth, at the time, ninth-ranked Texas. And LSU scored 55, 45, 65, and 66 points. They are number one in the country at 57 points per game. So the Aggies' chances of winning this game are not good. They're 26.5-point underdogs. I think the goal right now is to get out of there healthy. And why they're flying to Wake Forest and LSU, well, Gary would rather not discuss that. No one with Utah State would rather discuss it. But I think if Gary had his druthers, they would play a Pac-12 team on the road and be done with it, and, and, if necessary, then play a Big 12 team. So at least you're, you know, flying to Oklahoma or Texas or someplace. But not dragging guys back and forth across the country. But it's here, and they'll try to hang in there and pull some massive upset. I, I think they will score. Man, they really, you know, they really need to keep people healthy. They really need to not, they're off to a nice starting league. They're already 2-0. They don't need to get beat up with a paycheck game in the middle of the conference season. And LSU has been giving up points. They've given up 38 points twice this year. So you can score on them a little bit. Now, maybe it'll be after the game's out of hand and they got a four-touchdown lead, but there's a chance for the Aggies to score. Hopefully, 
but keep it respectable and not get anyone hurt. Underline that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. All right, we got some ranked teams facing each other this weekend, and with the Utes and Cougars not playing, that Utah State game's on 10 a.m. on the SEC Network. That thing will wrap up, and by 1.30, might be looking for something. There's a game on uh, Big Fox, the same time the Aggies are playing at 10 a.m. 14th-ranked Iowa at 19th-ranked Michigan. Michigan's got a slew of ranked teams still to play in the Big Ten. They've already lost a game. They're 3-1. and one. If they drop this to go to 3-2, and two, and then they've got all these big games going forward... Uh, they've already lost to Wisconsin. They've still got to play Notre Dame. They've still got to play Penn State. They've still uh, got, obviously, the big game with Ohio State at the end of the season. How bad is this going to get for Jim Harbaugh? He's a personality. You might, you, know, you might find yourself entertained by that for a few minutes. In the SEC, where there's a bunch of glorious records, two undefeated teams square off on CBS at 130. 5-0 Florida, 5-0 Auburn. And they're still sitting on five undefeated teams in that league with LSU, Alabama, and Georgia also. So that's a big game. Start to have some of these elimination games here. We'll see if they're elimination games. An SEC team can get in with one loss. But it'd be tough if there was somebody undefeated in the SEC. We'll see if they beat each other up, cannibalize each other the way the the Pac-12 does. Michigan State and Ohio State in prime time. Ohio State's still undefeated. We'll see if they get a little bit of a test. And then you've got the Pac-12. What to make of the Pac-12? Four games, and they're spread out, so you can watch most of them. Well, if you get the Pac-12 network, you can, because that's where two of them are. The big game is in the north. It's 4-1 Cal, a 3-1 Oregon. That's on Big Fox at 6 o'clock. And a little of the luster taken off of that, because Garbers gets hurt for Cal. And now, what can Modster do? The transfer from UCLA, who's moved up to Berkeley. He couldn't do much getting thrown in the middle of the game. With a week of practice, can he do something? Or did the path to Oregon just smooth out a little bit? Stanford's off to a miserable start, 2-3. and three. They're hosting Washington on ESPN, 8.30. That's a late-night game. Over on the Pac-12 network, Arizona and Colorado both won their first conference game. So they're both 1-0 in the South. Who wins this? They're both 3-1. They're both 1-0. It's kind of like the Utah-Washington State setup. No real expectations for them, and yet... Hey, we've seen Cinderella before. We've seen Colorado. Last place team in the previous year. Picked to finish last in the current year. And then they won the division. So you can check that out on the Pac-12 Network at 2.30 and see if Colorado is getting some mojo going with a 4-1 start and ready to shock the world. The other game this weekend is Oregon State-UCLA. So the Bruins could get to 2-1 in the Pac-12. Yeah, we're a contender. Why wouldn't we be? With a shocking comeback at Washington State. Blow a game to Arizona that was winnable and then beat Oregon State. Kind of the soft part of the schedule for UCLA to get things going in the the Pac-12. And for all of you who long for the days of the Mountain West, or in the case of the Aggies, you're actually in the Mountain West right now. San Diego State and CSU, ESPN 2 at 8 o'clock. If you're wondering what I'm watching, not going over to CBS Sports Network to watch Boise State blow out UNLV. I'm not doing it. Is that where we got the hat on today? And you can't make me? No. That's another reason I'll tell you about later. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Here comes the rush. Russell steps up. Russell scrambles. Looks wide open. Chris Carson catches it twice. Touchdown, Seahawks. The toughest play to catch is one where you're wide open. And Chris Carson did it twice from five yards out. And the Seahawks. 
Seahawks take a one-point lead. A 44-yard field goal with 15 seconds remaining in a Thursday night thriller. The snap is back. The hold is down. Zero line hits it with the right foot, and his kick is no good. Over the right, upright, wide right. He missed it. Well, it's a good thing that Carson held on and made that juggling touchdown catch because they end up winning by one point. Really good game. Seahawks beat the Rams 30-29, back and forth, big plays. Neither team got shut out in any quarter. It was just constant up and down the field and scoring points. It was a good deal. They both came in 3-1, and one, so the Seahawks 4-1 and one now. The Rams fall to 3-2, and two, and that ball just barely missed. That kick looked like it went over the upright. But I thought they got it right. I thought he definitely missed it, but it was still so close. I would advise, when you're in your two-minute drill, not taking a delay a game on the next to last play. It's a big clock, it's zero, you've been practicing all week. What are you doing? Although, and I know that at 44, I actually think anything inside 45 is basically automatic for NFL kickers. Now, this was 44 and they missed it. It should have been 39, and it wasn't. You gotta make the big kicks. I don't understand that. That was that was totally makeable. And it, it barely missed. And and because of the way he kicked it, I, I don't think it would have been good from 39. It still would have been wide. Maybe it would have changed everything, it would have had a different attitude or something. I don't know. Rams taking the L. That's one of the better games of the weekend. There are not very many games this week that match teams with winning records. There's a game that matches teams with zero wins. PK and I were talking about this after the show. And it was mostly my fault. I brought it up. I guess actually I didn't bring it up. It was on TV, and then we talked about it off that. But I do bring this up when I'm talking with people I know like football. Who's the worst team in the NFL? Who could go 0-16? Who will stay winless the longest? I find that fascinating. And yesterday, as we were, as we were wrapping up the show, one of the, the whatever show the TV was on was discussing, you know, can the Dolphins go 0-16? You realize they have to play the Jets twice, and the AFC East is playing the NFC East. So they're going to get the Giants, and maybe with the quarterback change, the Giants will be better. We'll have to see. And they also get Washington, who I think is brutal. I was tweeting out something about that last night. I thought I knew two Washington fans, and then I realized I know three, and they're all just despondent. They all blame blame ownership, and they think there's no hope. There's no way that Washington's getting off the deck, not even for something respectable like 8-8. Whether they're right or wrong, I'm telling you right now, they got no hope. So it's the 0-3-1 Cardinals and the 0-4 Bengals. So I hope you got NFL tickets so you can watch that baby. Somebody's getting a W. There are so few games. The NFL's so good at this. They are so good at They're underappreciated in their time. There are so few games that match teams with winning records. The Thursday night game does. Most of the primetime games, uh, and also the uh, Sunday afternoon game on Fox, the uh, doubleheader game they have, Packers and Cowboys, which will go to the whole country. There's no other late games on Fox. You got those two brand names, you're not wasting that. We're not regionalizing that, baby. Uh, 4-0 Chiefs, 2-2 Colts on Sunday night football. They played a great playoff game a few years ago. Alex Smith was calling the shots. Remember that? They went up and down the field. But I don't see really how the Colts have the firepower to do this. And the 3-0 Niners. What? How has that happened against the 2-2 Browns? And all the other games, it seems like, are just matching teams with losing records. And yes, Channel 2 is showing the 0-4 Broncos and the 2-2 Chargers. And you can all ask me, how could you do that? I'm like... Because the 0-3 Broncos got an immense rating last week. I, and I have to say, I can't even tell the company line on this. Not even close. The Broncos don't interest me in the least. I watched, I went into the season thinking they were bad. 
I watched them play the Raiders in the opener. I thought they were bad. I have never come off the thought that this is a bad football team. There are some individual pieces that are okay, but it's not all there. And it's not close. And they got a chance to drop to 1-5 against the Chargers, and it's on KUTV in the afternoon. But there's one afternoon game, and it turns out a lot of you go to church on Sunday and don't watch football at 11 a.m. What? Some of you golf. Some of you are hiking, like PK, going to the mountaintop. And none of you help the ratings on our early games. So KTV is going to keep picking late games, and that's often going to be the Broncos. I, I am very curious, though, because the Broncos have been so good for so long, and I know a lot of you don't want to hear that because you hate the donkeys, but they're not so good now, nor are they on the verge of getting better, I believe. And so how long will this continue? And this is all done in New York at the network level. There's no one for me to ask in the station. They assign. We beg for another game. If they change their mind, they do. If they don't, we get the Broncos. But, I mean, if they're a disaster, I mean, 0-12, we going to be getting them? Even if they – and I don't think they'll get to 0-12, but if they're 3-9 or, or – I mean, we've seen previous years. If they're 5-8, and eight, we're getting them. But I wonder if there's some place where they're so awful that we stop. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. All right, so it's the slow ramp up to the season now. We had media day Monday. All right. Then the first practices, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tonight, meet the team. Free event at the arena. Go in there. Does it start at 6, Yach? Double check me on that. I think it starts at 6. To meet the team? Yeah. 6 o'clock tonight. 6 o'clock tonight. And it lasted last year. I think it went like an hour and five minutes. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Right, but that's great because but, A, it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B, you can walk in and sit in the lower ball. And see, if you got little kids, like you can literally, literally yes. bring the four-year-old and still be home, depending on where you live and whatever, 7, 8 o'clock. Come and enjoy it. It's a fun event. Exactly. You're in and you're out, and it's free. And they mess around, and everyone's in a good mood because there's no pressure. And they'll put a few people on the mic, and they talk to the crowd. And then they have some, I don't know what they'll do this year, some game, some contest, some basketball-ish thing. And it's fun, and then you're out of there. And then tomorrow night, the first preseason game, the Adelaide 36ers. And I get that they want to play foreign teams from around the world, and it helps grow the game, right? Because if Ralph Salt Lake went and played, I don't know, name your favorite European giant, you know? Man City, Man United, Barcelona, whoever, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, yeah. yeah. They'd be like, oh, wow, yeah, let's watch this, right? But they played these games before, and they're routinely like 30 and 40-point games, and Quinn Snyder plays everybody. Starters get there 10 or 15 minutes, whatever they Jarrell decide. Jarrell Brantley, get out there. Whatever he decides is necessary. Justin Wright Foreman, get out there. Yeah, if someone yeah. fell and sprained a wrist and they don't play, yes. I mean, it's just... I, I really am curious as to why they don't send more teams overseas. No competitive disadvantage. You're three weeks out from the regular season. Everybody goes overseas for five, six, seven days. We've got games going on in Japan, China, India, and India this year. There's a handful of them, but right? you're right. There could be more. And you could, one year, you could send the, the Jazz to France because of Rudy. One year, you could send them to yeah. Australia because of Joe and Dante. Yeah. And, it, and if people don't have high-profile foreign guys, hey, somebody's got to be the Washington Generals and just go play, right? And then you bring them all back, and they still got a week or ten days or whatever to get used to the time zones. I mean, do we need exhibition games here? Nobody takes him all that seriously, except for Carl Malone. I mean, he'll get hurt in New Mexico in a preseason game and say it's Albuquerque. They don't get NBA ball. People play, play to see me. And so he goes out there with some, you know, sucking chest wound or something and scores 40. I'm the mailman. I'll suck it up. Blood gushing out of a chest wound. But other than him, 
I had completely forgotten about that. He did. But you're and right. And it was great. I mean, the yeah. loyalty to the fans is awesome. But for everybody else, I mean, we got we got multiple NBA champions just sitting out a quarter of the NBA season. Pop did it, right? And then, you know, you get a Spurs star going to Toronto, and he does it, and he wins the title. So no one's complaining about Kawhi Leonard. So why not send them all over the world, make the NBA bigger than it already is? Turns out that foreign money counts just the same, and they're raking it in. So the Adelaide 36ers tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. And David Locke will join us uh, at 8 o'clock here, and we'll talk about the Jazz. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Goldschmidt hits it a mile. Left field, and it's a goner in the top deck down the left field line. Goldschmidt with his fifth career postseason home run. The Cardinals trail by a run in the eighth. One and two to Jock Peterson. There's a fly ball down the right field line. If it's fair, it's gone, and it is gone. Hit the foul pole way upstairs. Home run for Peterson. Dodgers with two in the bottom of the eighth. It is now six to nothing. If I were a Dodger fan, I would really like the way the first day of the playoffs worked out. And I know, I know, we're like two weeks away from them qualifying for the World Series, right? They got to win three in this series, got to win four in the next one. But the Dodgers look great. Walker Bueller, money. Six shutout innings. Dominant. Awesome. Fantastic. Please, just just keep doing that. And the Dodger bullpen, hey, they had a comfortable lead. There wasn't all that pressure on them. They came in and did their three shutout innings. Nationals get two hits. Dodgers pound them 6-0. And not only did the Dodgers look much better than the Nationals, I thought the Dodgers looked much better than the Cardinals or the Braves. The Cardinals, you know, it's supposed to be pitching and defense, right? That's how you win in the playoffs. We've been hearing it for decades. So what do they do? Early error, fall behind 1-0. When they tie it up 1-1, we can't have this. Let's make another error and fall behind 3-1. Now they tie it up 3-3. And they break it open, and they're up 7-3, right? And they're riding, you know, Goldschmidt's got his homer and all this, right? It's 7-3. Now it's, yeah, now it's time to bite the nails, take off the end of the finger, and get right down to the knuckle. It was knuckle-biting time. Atlanta got three, and it's 7-6. You're like, oh. And they got it done, and they won. So the Cardinals win the game, but the whole pitching and defense thing went out the window. And I guess all you can say if you're a Cardinals fan, it's like what we were saying about, um, you know, BYU last week, even though they didn't play great, just win the game, right? Because you got to win some games ugly. So the Cardinals won one ugly. That's what they have to tell themselves now. The Dodgers won one. They won one pretty. No one ever says that. Oh, they won pretty. They won pretty. Four games today. The American League starts with Tampa Bay and Houston and Minnesota at the Yankees and two more games in the National League as well. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. All right, RSL wraps up the season Sunday, 2 o'clock. They're at Vancouver. They're in the playoffs. They can do no worse than fifth. If they lose, if they tie, they finish fifth. If they win, well, they still might finish fifth. If the Galaxy win, and if Minnesota and Seattle tie, RSL would be fifth. But if the Galaxy were to lose a draw, RSL would pass them. They would also tie pull alongside on 53 points the loser of the Minnesota-Seattle game. They do not want to draw them. They finish behind both those teams. So, RSL could be the three or four seed. And right now, we're trying to figure out who they could play, and they could play Vancouver, Seattle, or L.A. Any one of them at home. They could also play any one of them on the road. And if things break their way and they climb to third, then that opens up a whole nother series of possibilities about whether they play Dallas, San Jose, or Portland at home. So there's too many to worry about. But they have to go win. All of this is based on them winning. A win or they will not be playing for a 1-1 draw. 
If that thing's tied, they got to go get a goal. Because if they win or they draw their fifth. 2 o'clock on KMYU. And all the other games happen at the same time, so all the scores will be updated as you watch that game. DJ and PK. The headlines. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up next, Kyle Gunther, the red and the blue. Kyle Gunther at 730. Brian Keel coming up at 930. Or is that 830 and it's a typo? Typo, it's 830. That makes sense because it was out of order and you're not like that. So Kyle Gunther at 730. Brian Keel at 830. The red and the blue. And David Locke in between them. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.